All right, guys, uh, just a couple of logistical things. Um, we are not going to have this uh, study next Monday. Um, we have the men's conference coming up this weekend. Um, and honestly, with that weekend and also uh, my daughter is starting cheerleading on Sunday. And she has her first major competition. Um, so I just, I'm not going to be able to teach on Monday. So we're going to take that Monday off. Uh, but then we'll pick up uh, from the following Monday, and then we'll continue on um, into the book, which will be chapters 8 and 9 that we'll be covering that week. Um, but I'll uh, send out a reminder email to everybody on the church center, uh, which I think everybody in this room is on that, um, just as a uh, reminder that we're not going to have study on Monday. And then you, ought, you always get those reminders of the upcoming, you get that on Sunday evenings about uh, the study. So, any questions with that? We're good? We always laugh at the people that show up anyway on the cameras. So don't be, don't be that person. <laughs> you can still come Monday. There won't be any food, though, Mike. <laughs> there, actually, there, I, let me rephrase. There might be leftovers still from Saturday. But, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but there, yeah. So I hope you guys are all signed up for the conference. Today is the last day. It ends at midnight tonight. Um, if you try to sign up after that, it's going to deny you, and then you have to beg Jeff and I to let you in. Um, don't be that person. Um, but it's going to be a really good time. We're gearing up for it. A lot of work went behind the scenes, and we're really excited to uh, to just you know get together, you know, learn a bit a uh, bit about God, you know, worship Him together, enjoy some great food, some awesome activities. Um, there's going to be weapons involved, we'll leave it at that, <laughs> um, but it'll be a really good time. So like last week, um, I talked about that we're going to learn about how to study the Bible tonight, and while I think the book did a really, really great job, um, Pastor Nick, who if you don't know is um, the head of uh, youth ministries here um, and college ministry, um, I think it's actually student ministry is his official title. Uh, he went through this method um, called SOIA, okay, which is S-O-I-A. Now, he did it as a part of a series that he called Rooted, which he was basically taking the teens back to the basics. Uh, sorry, the music's... Um, uh, basically go, taking the kids back to basics of what is the Bible, who is God, things of that nature, and... You know, we've seen so far in this book, for us to know God, we need to know his word. So this is um, what I thought, and when I talked to Jeff, because Jeff went through this um, teaching with the teens as well, um, I thought this was an amazing way uh, to use, or uh, this is an amazing tool to use to study the Bible. So I decided to opt for this um, instead of going through what the book has to have, but I do thoroughly encourage you to read chapters 6 and 7 in the book, because it does, it's another method that they use. It's very similar to this one. Um, they add a memorization piece to it, which um, is important, especially if you talk to Lee Pyatt. He talks about memorizing scripture, you know, is very crucial and important, and um, he probably has more memorized scripture than anybody I know. So I would encourage you to go through that um, part of the book as well, okay? So tonight, um, by a show of hands, how many <clears throat> of you have had someone sit down and show you how to study the Bible? Okay. How many people taught themselves? 
you know. So, you know, before we get started, I want to ask this question. How do you feel trying to read and study the Bible? I know I feel sometimes intimidated by it, especially when I watch my pastors and all the training and knowledge that they've been given by God through sparse words in Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. It sometimes is a little bit intimidating to me that I feel like I need to be a biblical scholar for God to actually teach me something, which is not the case. You know, the same spirit that is the triune part of God, you know, the Godhead, is inside of us and teaches us the depths of God. So there's power there. But God also expects, expects us to put in the effort as well. So it's not like you just put the Bible on your head and it's just going to soak in kind of thing. You know, um, you know, reading the Bible can be hard at times, but, it, but God didn't give us the Bible to put us on this wild goose chase to know him, okay? Tonight I'm going to teach you one method that I believe will help you study the Bible more deeply. My hope is after tonight that you will feel a little bit more confident and comfortable with studying the Bible. Uh, the Bible study method that I'm going to teach is, like I said already, called SOYA. SOYA is S-O-I-A. Okay. S stands for survey. O stands for observation. I stands for interpretation. And A stands for application. All right. This acronym has been, you know, incredibly helpful to me uh, over the past couple of years of I worked from trying to read the Bible to actually just studying the Bible. Okay. Now, before I dive in, I, let me make a couple things clear, okay? Soya isn't the way to study the Bible. It's just one approach. There's many different Bible study methods that you can, you know, look into. This method isn't the secret to unlocking the Bible, okay? It's not the secret to unlocking the mysteries of God, okay? This method is meant to be a starting point, not the end all, okay? The goal of this method is to help you dig deeper and fall more in love with Jesus and the Bible, the method isn't meant to be used as a formula or a script. It's more of a mindset and an approach to studying the Bible. Okay? So let's go through the... Um, we'll talk about survey. Okay? Now, when we're going to look at first two letters of the Soya Ackerman, survey and observation, they, they go together. So I thought it might be you know, best to kind of package them together. Now, when I say survey, what I really mean is context, okay? But context doesn't go well into the acronym. So we're going to use survey, but just when I say survey, it equals context, okay? I'll use, um, and I'll use them interchangeably, okay? So somebody in here, how would you define context? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. I would say that's pretty spot on. Here you go, Mike. Uh, is the context is the environment in which something dwells, the setting in which something exists or occurs. Okay. The goal of survey or context is to um Understand context and gain an overview of the passage or, um, of Scripture that you're studying. Context is 
like guardrails on a curvy road, it helps to keep you on the right path. You could also think of it like a, a picture frame. It helps to frame what you're looking at. So before you begin to read and study a passage of Scripture, here are a few things you want to look at, to look for and look up. Some things that may help um, the context of the passage. You know, one of the first things you want to look at is the author, okay? You want to look at the date it was written. So what time in history are we looking at here, okay? What the culture was like during uh, the book was written, significant events or people of this book, any maps of the area in this book. I actually really appreciate that when, you know, the pastors put maps up on Sunday mornings to talk about, you know, kind of where we're at, you know, and like one of the um, ones that I most recently thought of is, you know, how far uh, out of the way the Jews went to go around Samaria, but Jesus instead just went right through Samaria. You know, that, that's a map that's brought to mind. Uh, what kind of book is it? It's a letter, a history, wisdom, song. We went over those different uh, book types. You know, is it apocalyptic? Um, what is the main theme of the book? These are all really important things that you want to look up when you're looking up for context, okay? So you may ask, well, why is, you know, context important? These are just some, you know, now that you think about it, why we need to look this stuff up because, um, this seems like a lot of work, and I, I can understand that, but it's really, really important, okay? And here's why context is, is important. You know, what does it mean, what does the word trunk mean? Okay? You just look at the word trunk, okay? What does it mean? Yep. You know, it could be, you know, back of a car, it could be an elephant snout, you know, it could be a large piece of luggage, bottom of a tree, you know, swimming shorts, you know, all, the word trunk has all these different meanings, okay? So one word with many definitions, if I'm, if I'm talking about putting about, like, uh, talking about putting groceries in a trunk, you probably know what I'm talking about, you know, because you know what the context is, okay? So here, an example from the Bible is why context is important. Let's turn to Romans 8.28. Let you get on your phones and your Bible. And when somebody gets there, if they wouldn't mind reading, Romans 8, 28. As Ed Jedrick would say, loud, slow, intentional. Thank you, Logan. Okay. All right, so... If you were to just simply read this verse, what is the first thing you might conclude based upon what it says? If you had no biblical background or knowledge, okay, you, would, you could draw the conclusion, good things happen tho to those who love God. So if that's true, then we all, all we have to do is love God and we'll get whatever we want, okay, which is one of the key, you know, uh, base layers of the prosperity gospel. I mean, God makes everything good for those who love him, so everything in life will be easy then if we follow him, right? 
Who's had an easier time when they started following Christ? <laughs> Not saying that it doesn't happen, but, you know, we are called, you know, that there's going to be struggles. So let me ask you this. Based on the verse, what do you think defines <clears throat> what is good for us? You know, God, for those who are called according to his purposes, makes a big difference. The good that is being talked about in this verse, when you dig, a, dig deeper into the context, means that it is useful, that it helps us grow. It doesn't always mean good as in something that we want or that's easy, but something that ends up being good because of how it helps and pushes us to grow in our faith. Okay? So it's good according to God's purposes. How many of you have gone through a struggle and came out the other side closer to God? Right? Because, you know, God's plans are not always our plans. We want the easy path. But God knows that in these moments is when we learn the most about him and draw closer to him, rely on him more. That's why God puts us through the harder path than the easier path. You know, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life that were not what I wanted or the way that I would have done things. But God used them for good, a lot of good. Because they help me grow and deepen my faith. Sometimes good things come out of the hard things. Because what we want isn't always what God wants. As humans, we want the easy way. That's not what God wants. Okay, so let's um, go to Isaiah 55.8. It'll be up here on the screen, too. So listen to what Isaiah says in Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. So already, do you see how if someone read Romans 8, 28, they could easily get the wrong idea if they don't understand the context. Here's the reality. Scripture will never contradict Scripture. We're starting to see that through this entire study that we're doing. You know, understanding the context behind a passage of Scripture provides guardrails to lead you to the intended meaning, okay? Okay, so once you've done some research to understand the context of a passage, you can start making observations, which is the second letter of Soya, okay? If we look at observations, how would you define the word observation? Anybody else? Yeah? Perfect. So this is um, how I defined um, observation. Seeing what's there to examine the text carefully and to see what it says. So after we understand some context, we look at what's there before we can talk about what it means. Trying to interpret a passage without making observations is like trying to put together an IKEA furniture without the instruction or directions. You would probably not, you probably won't get too far and you'll end up with something warped, not sturdy and messed up. Okay. Assuming that I'm not the only one in this room that has ever done this, but I have done it numerous times where I put together a piece of furniture and I don't follow the directions because I think I know what the directions are gonna say. 
and I get to the end of it, and the drawer doesn't go in all the way. I remember specifically it was a dresser that my wife and I had to take back apart because I didn't follow the instructions or observe what was in the instructions, okay? So when I say observation, here's the things that you want to look for, okay? You want who, you know, what, where, when. Um, one of the big ones is repeating words, okay? Especially Jesus. Jesus would repeat things many times that were really, really important, that he was trying to drive home a really, really big point, okay? You know, contrast, cause and effect, you know, definitions, descriptions, you know, verbs, pronouns, quotations. I know you have to go back to your English classes that you took in school, but it's important. And important words or phrases. And, you know, when we're looking at the English, too, you also, one of the big things that you have to understand is the way that Greek was written. And even more so, how Hebrew was written. And the difference between Eastern writing, which is where we are, and Western writing. Okay? If you start looking at the book of Genesis and fully understand how Westerners wrote of that, in that time, all of a sudden you're looking at Genesis and you're like, whoa, there's a lot more in there than I thought there was. When you start understanding, um, forgive me, it's the, circ the circular, like how they circle, and then the actual most important part is in the middle, right? Yeah, the kaya, that, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, so those things are, you know, when making observations, they're, they're really important. So if you've taken, um, you know, here's another way to say it. You know, you kind of need to be like a detective, or in this case, Sherlock Holmes, okay? Well, just, um, and then, you know, you could use another example. I don't know if you've ever used, um, you guys have seen the show Psych, okay? So everybody thought this dude was a psychic. He wasn't really a psychic. He was just very observant about his surroundings when he walked into a room, you know, so... You know, he, he observes his surroundings. He's looking at clues to help him put the pieces together. This is what looks like what it looks like to make observations when you're studying the Bible, okay? In other words, you know, be like a detective or Sherlock Holmes or, in this case, in psych, Sean Spencer. Approach the passage with curiosity and look for what you see, okay? And I want to pause there real quick because sometimes I find myself in this trap um, slash, like, issue is I just need to get my devotional time done, all right? I have 20 minutes. I need to get it done. You know, I want to check that box for the day, you know, kind of thing. We get sucked in that trap because of our American lifestyle and lack of time in our life, okay? But you really, you got to slow down. I'm not saying every single time or every single day, but you just try it like once a week just to be a little bit more intentional instead of just reading the Bible but actually studying the Bible. Okay. Um, here's why making observations are important. You know, sometimes what God is trying to communicate is right in front of you, but we're just not focusing in to to in to see it. Okay. If we're if we were to spend more time <clears throat> looking for um, looking than making guesses, it would jump right out at us. Okay. Let me illustrate. Uh, why making observations are important. You know, to do so, we'll do a, like a real quick activity, which I thought was uh, really fascinating, okay? So I'm gonna show you a logo, and I want you to tell me what you notice about that logo, okay? Um, I'll give you about 15 seconds, okay? Feel free to just shout out what you've noticed, okay? And remember, think and look like a detective and tell me what you see.
What's so special about the FedEx label? <laughs> now the, lo the logo is showing you something. Yep, yep. So in the white space, there's an arrow that sublimely represents the speed and precision of FedEx. Okay. All right, that was example number one. Okay. How about this one? I knew Tom would know that because he's the ice cream guy. <laughs> it's talking, you know, Baskin-Robbins is famously known for their 31 flavors. Okay. What about this one? This is the Washington Capitals, by the way. Yep, yep, the Capitol is in there. Silhouette of the Capitol building, okay? What about Toblerone? Yep, you guys are pretty good. Toblerone started in... The so, interesting tidbit, Toblerone was started in the city of Bern, Switzerland, Switzerland, which is famously associated with bears, and now look more closely at the Matterhorn Mountain and see what you find. The bear. Yep. Um, how about the Atlanta Falcons? Come on, Mark. Shaped like an F for Falcons. <laughs> All right, what about this one? This is the Tour de France. Yeah, there's literally a dude on a bike. Yeah. All right, last one. What about Wendy's? Yep, the word mom is on Wendy's collar, suggesting their, that their cooking is like mom's home-cooked meals. Debatable point. So if you spend more time looking, looking, than guessing. So I know this is a funny little exercise, but you could see, you know, if you looked this intently at God's word, what would you find? Instead of just broadly passing over and going, ah, it's just the Wendy's symbol, you know? And here's what the amazing part is, is God wants us to know him and study his word, all right? And here's why. When we place our faith in Jesus, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit who guides us into truth. We can find that in John 16, 13, where John writes, When the Spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Next, God wants us to use, wants us to use the Bible. You know, all Scripture is God-breathed, by, out by God and profitable for teaching and for reproof, for correction, and the training in righteousness. You know, we can find that in 2 Timothy 3.16. Lastly, if you seek after God, you will find him. You know, James writes this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In James 4.8. So often we wonder why God is not speaking to us, but I don't think that's necessarily the problem. The real problem is we're not listening and we're not looking. God has spoken to us through Jesus, through his words. Are we going to take the time and put in the effort to listen? God has revealed himself through his word. We need to take the time, spend time in his word. Here's the bottom line. If you spend a lot of time making observations, you will be able to interpret and understand the passage much easier. Like the detective, 
You have to ask questions that help you understand. So let's go back to Romans 8.28 and do some quick, quick practice. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. So based on this verse, what do you observe? What are things that might require a deeper look at? What are some good questions to ask? Absolutely. Very good point. What are some other good questions to ask or things that you would want to look deeper into? What's the audience? Yeah, definitely. Audience is very important, especially in New Testament, uh, the letters. Audience is very important. You know, the struggles, you know, especially like Corinthians, right into the Corinthian church. What, was the, what were the struggles of the Corinthian church? You know, what were the struggles of the Roman, uh, the Christians in Rome at the time, you know, in this example? Right. Yeah, so this is kind of what we came up with is, what does it mean to love God? You know, these are some questions. Uh, what, what do all things really mean, all things? Uh, what does good mean? What does work together mean? How does one become called? What is the purpose of being talked about? Why is Paul writing this to the Romans? How does it connect with the rest of the passage? So I think we gave some good insight into that. But, and I think you guys are starting to realize how important this is. Okay. So now uh, we'll transition to survey, um, from survey and observation, observation to the next letter in Soya, which is interpretation. Hopefully this will just... So the next letter in Soya is I, which stands for interpretation. Okay. How would you def define interpretation? Anybody? Yep. So I, I would define it as to reflect prayerfully on the text to determine what it means and see what God is saying. Now, the key to that is what is God saying, not what are we reading into so often we think interpretation is us trying to figure out what God is saying. But here's the real goal, to reflect prayerfully on the text to determine what it means and see what God is saying. The goal should be to seek to understand when the Bible is, is saying rather than trying to figure out what we think it means or what we want it to say. It's, it's important that we interpret Scripture well and accurately because if you don't, lead you to a very dangerous place. Here are a few dangers of misinterpreting Scripture. Right? False teaching, becoming more confused, a limited or incomplete view of God, exalted view of self, making it about you and not about God, uh, missing out on a deeper love, relationship, and appreciation for God, you know, surface-level understanding, missing out on all the good kind of deep stuff that God is actually trying to say. You know, that stuff that 
all of a sudden a light bulb goes off when you get a revelation. Oh, that's what God is saying there. Now I'm going to give you some tools that will help you interpret Scripture a little bit more accurately. Once you've looked at the context, you spend time making lots of observations, those two lead you to interpretation. Okay? Here are some ways that we can then determine what a passage means. Okay? Piece together an outline of the passage from what you've seen or looked up. Do word studies on key words or phrases. Uh, determine the significance or meaning of your key observations. Identify a major theme of the passage that is consistent with the theme or book. Compare the passage uh, you're studying with other passages of Scripture. Understand who the author is writing to and why. Check, out, check the interpretation or, relate, or relatable to other trustworthy sources slash people. Connect with the passage into a greater story of Scripture. Um, I should have said this in the beginning. Um, I did give you this, uh, this handout, which is a condensed version um, of what I'm going over today. Okay, so you don't have to feverishly take notes and write down all the slides and everything. Um, so how does this passage deepen my understanding of Scripture, you know, revelation, truth, and final authority? Or, no, I'm sorry, back up said. Here are some questions to ask. Okay, why is this said? Why is it said this way? Why is it said here? Who or what is involved? How is this accomplished? When is this accomplished? Where is this accomplished? Why is this accomplished? Okay. Then, how does this passage deepen my understanding of Scripture, Revelation, truth, and final authority, God, His nature, attributes, Trinity, and work, uh, mankind? origin, calling, and nature, you know, sin and the fall, salvation, Christ, his nature, incarnation, life, and work, the church, human history, and where it's headed. Okay. Here's the bottom line. Observations lead to how we interpret, not the other way around. Now that we have identified some of the aspects of how we interpret and determine what a passage means, let's look at an example together. So if we could turn to John 3, 16 through 18. And then whenever you get there, if you somebody wouldn't mind reading it. Okay, so before we dig in deeper, let's understand the context. Who is talking here? Perfect, Jesus. Who is he talking to? Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee. Yep. When were they talking? Yep, nighttime. All right, so now let's start making observations on these three verses. verses. Um, and, uh, you know, what do you see in John 3, 6? So let's get, you know, understand what's going on on in, uh, in a, or interpret, okay? So I'm going to show you how to do this because this is a really cool tool, um, and it's free. So there's a website called um, Blue Letter Bible. I don't know if everybody's heard this, okay? So bear with me with the technology here for a second, but I'm actually going to go 
find my mouse. So I'm actually going to take you through a quick little exercise here, maybe. There we go. Okay, so um, there's actually, you could do this on your phone, it's a little bit easier on a computer, but if we uh, go here and, you know, if we're going to find context, uh, what we want to do is we could click here on study, and then we can click here on introductions to the Bible, okay? Once you, and, um, you know, you browse through a few links, you know, you could gain, you know, all these different books. You could look at the notes, you could look at outline, you know, introductions, you know, done by like John MacArthur, you know, and so you're, if you look at the context, you know, and kind of set yourself up first, all right? Know what, who they're talking to, you know, the time period, who's the author, all those things that we just went over, okay? So once you've looked up the context, I'd encourage you to spend some time reading the passage and then making observations, okay? Again, see what's there. Use the worksheet um, that I will be giving you or that you have, okay? Uh, you know, once you've done that, now you can go deeper into the interpretation, you know? So... Here, we're going to type in, you know, John 3, and we're going to go with the ESV version here, go here, and then we're looking at John, we'll use John 3.16 as the example, so we click on John 3.16, okay, and from here, It'll break down into English words, um, strong numbers, the original language. Um, you could also, it goes, uh, the, the original language, John, for example, was written in Greek. You could also listen to how the Greek words were actually spoken, you know, so that's really helpful for a teacher, because I really don't do well at pronouncing Greek. Um, you know, the Strong's. Um, is a concordance, which is basically an index that breaks down the words in the Bible and pairs them uh, with definitions. Uh, you could click on, so if you want to look up what a word or free phrase means, you could click on the Strong's number that pairs with the word. So we'll use like this one, for instance. And it'll go into, you know, translation, you know, it'll go into the root word. You know, basically, this gives you all the information that you would need to make a good interpretation of what God is revealing to us, you know, through his word. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Okay. So this is, a, you, I mean, you could get lost in this website, honestly, guys. You know, it's a great, great tool. Um, it's completely free. Uh, you could sign up. You know, I, I'm logged in. I'm logged in here. 
you know, and so it'll save places, it'll save versions, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it, it's really a great tool. By God's grace, I didn't mess that up that bad. Okay. Technology scares me sometimes. All right, so for tonight's purposes, let's look at uh, the word gave in verse 16. Okay. The word, I mean, if God gave us his son, it's probably important to understand what gave means. Okay. Especially in this verse, you know. This is one of the probably one of the most popular verses that is known. Okay, so especially in an evangelizing situation, you really want to know what this verse means, and you can't just you know gloss over you know the word "gave." Okay, because you can give someone a present, but you can also give someone a hard time, or you could give because you have to. You see what I'm saying? Like the, the word "gave" has many different meanings here. It then takes you to this page, which gives you a ton of, oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to be still in there. You know, it gives you the parts of speech, you know, the blue letter. It gives you the parts of speech. Um, it gives you definitions, you know, where else this word shows up. You know, on the top, you can see the, or back there, you can see the translations and all that kind of stuff. So based upon what this word gave means, if God gave us his son Jesus, what can we conclude? You know, we conclude that God gave us Jesus as a gift. It was a necessary gift, which means we need this gift, okay? God reached out to us, not the other way around, okay? We didn't earn this gift, but God gave us this gift anyway. This gift was brought to us. We didn't send for it. This gift paid for the wages that we owe when we couldn't pay for it ourselves. God gave us everything we could ever need or want through Christ. God gave us, gave of himself this gift to us. So you guys follow me with that? Um, the, you know, this further reinforces, you know, the word, uh, the, you know, how important it is to study, you know, the words that are in a passage. What other words in these two verses might be worth doing a word study on to help us better understand or interpret this passage? What other words stand out to you guys? That'd be a good one. Anybody else? Hmm? One more. There you go. Nice. So yeah, loved whoever would be a good one to look into. Believes. Perish. Eternal life, condemn, saved, and what does God mean by world? These are very important ones. Again, doing word studies is just one way to help you better understand and interpret the passages of scriptures. Okay? Other tools that can help you, okay? Prayer. I would say that's a very big one. You know, ask God to reveal what he wants you to see revealed through the reading of his word. You know, I know prayer also gives me a very good mindset of going into 
you know, I'm reading about the creator of the universe, okay? You know, the person that put me on this earth and that controls all things, you know? So I think, you know, starting in prayer is a good way, okay? Asking, uh, asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom, you know, attending, you know, Sunday morning service is another great tool. You know, the pastors spend a lot of time in schooling and experience, you know, to bring us the word on a Sunday morning, you know, we should, you know, try and be here. You know, I especially like the amount of time that our pastors spend in the Word. You know, it, our service, you know, it's not, you know, 20 minutes of teaching, 20 minutes of, you know, praise, and then we're out the door on the Sunday football, you know, kind of thing. I, I really appreciate the amount of time and intentionality that our pastors put into every Sunday morning service and go, you know, walk through books like Joshua. You know, and see what the Old Testament still has to say to us New Testament believers. Okay? Trustworthy commentaries. You know, Bob was talking about that. You know, you could go to the resource center and then you could find commentaries there. You could ask one of your pastors. Um, I personally like the Tony Evans um, uh, commentary. Um, I know John MacArthur did another really good one. Um, but a good biblical commentary um, is good. Be in community with trustworthy peers and adults. You know, if you're a newer believer, don't be afraid to ask somebody that's been a Christian for a long time. You know, to, you know, especially in our church, we're big believers in discipleship. You know, those that have been Christians for longer and discipling those that are newer to the faith. Or, you know, to, you know, have been in the faith for 20 years, you can still learn from each other. Okay, I'm, I'm assuming and I'm hoping that you guys learn something from each other every week that you come here. Okay? Um, another one would be Bible study software. Um, your wife that loves logos? What, what is the one that she uses? The, she has the CD-ROMs when she does her teaching. What's the name of that? Yes, that, that's what it is. Um, say that a little louder. What? Yeah, PC Study Bible. Um, it just... I know that Steph, is, my wife, has looked into that a few times. Um, you know, Logos, E-Sword e is another one. Uh, studying the Bible together, not just by yourself. You know, coming to things like this. You know, uh, comparing passages with other parts of scriptures, okay? Uh, we'll get a little bit deeper into references later on um, in the book, in the chapters. But those little tiny numbers, you know, that are in your Bible, they're put there for a reason. Uh, you know, so comparing different uh, verses of Scripture, because remember what we said about 45 minutes ago uh, in Isaiah, uh, Scripture is not going to contradict itself, okay? Um, look at what the Bible is saying and not what you want it to say. Uh, if, you, uh, if what you interpret doesn't match up with the context, then you, might, you must be digging, then you're, you must be keep digging, uh, reminding yourself that at the end of the day, you must have faith and trust in God, knowing that you can't know it all um, because you're not God in case you needed that reminder. Okay? Um, I don't know about you. You can call it a bucket list or a not understand list, but there, there are certain things that I read in Scripture that uh, it's not being lazy, but it's like what's one of those things where I'll know, I'll understand when I get there kind of thing. 
um, I kind of put the tribulations in that context, you know, kind of figure out when we get there kind of thing because everybody has a different opinion. Um, you know, just kind of chalking up those things. What do angels actually look like? You know, because you, you see those memes all the time with the ones with the baby faces and the arrows compared to the ones with, what was that? <laughs> compared to the ones that have like seven eyes and eight wings and those things that you see in uh, Revelation. You know, it's kind of one of those things that we, you know, I'll figure out when I get there, you know. But it doesn't give us license to be lazy, but we're not going to know all things about God. Um, I forget where it says it, but it talks about um, how the Holy Spirit searches the depths of God. You know, so uh, we're not going to, this side of heaven, understand everything there is to know about God. Um, So, you know, you could kind of see this is a good illustration of, you know, observations is the, you know, kind of the funnel in context that gets us to interpretation, okay? Um, now, I, I say all this, soya is meant to be used when you really want to study the Bible. I'm not necessarily suggesting that you do um, all this every single morning because this is, you know, difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible, but I kind of hope these tools will make you feel more comfortable and con- uh, confident, okay? Because here's the reality, Here's the reality, you know, not that I'm a biblical scholar, but I'm not going to be here forever. You know, your small group leaders won't be here with you, you know, forever. You know, Pastor Stephen, you know, he won't be here with that forever. Uh, We're not all going to, you know, go to school or seminary or anything like that, you know. uh, So it's, it's important. But, you know, God word, but the word of God will always be there for you. Okay, it can be trusted and following. It won't always be easy, but it'll always be the best choice. That's why it's important that you know how to study it and fall in love with studying the Word of God. You need to be curious, okay? You know, so now that we looked at interpretation, let's move to the last letter of Soya, which is the letter A, which is application. Uh, What would you say the definition of application is? Anybody? Yeah. So I use the word um, implementing resources or skills towards a specific function, goal, or request. Okay, so if we look at our handout on page four, you want to grab that. So, you know, the key question is, since this is the word of God, what do we hear him saying, and what are we going to do about it? Okay, so, you know, what does the text teach us concerning our relationship to God? Is there a command to obey, a promise to claim? Do I need to pray about something from the, con- from the text? Uh, basically, were you convicted about something? What should I give thanks for? You know, the enemy, does the passage tell me something to resist or a tactic to recognize or armor to wear or a temptation to recognize, um, you know, others within the church, within the home, within the wider community and the world, ourselves? Does the text shed light on our experience, on our use of time, our work, rest, leisure, our values, goals, expectations, 
priorities, um, sins to avoid or weakness to be aware of. Um, you know, how does it, you know, affect our worldview? Uh, reflect on insights concerning the creation, fall, redemption, restoration that are found in the text. Okay, so um, you could go through this page and it's just a really, um, you know, great breakdown of, you know, application. Okay, so this handout uh, is basically the user guide for Soya. Okay, so I wanted to make sure that you guys all had this. Okay, um, so as uh, for our discussion time, I, I don't really have any, I don't have any discussion questions. What I thought we could do is actually do at your table Soya on a verse. Okay, you could pick a verse that you want. Um, you know, I, I would suggest you could look at Colossians, you know, you know, chapter one. You know, you could go through there. You know, talking about Thanksgiving and prayer. Uh, you know, we, you could go through, you know, all of Romans, you know, chapter eight, since we were there, or John chapter three. Uh, but whatever you guys come to a consensus with, uh, just go through, you know, and see what you know, survey or what the context, you know, is. Observate, you know, your observation, you know, interpretation and application of, you know, a verse that you guys choose or chapter. Okay. Any questions, comments? No? Okay. Uh, don't forget, next week, no study, and I look forward to seeing all you guys at the uh, conference this weekend.